Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast Fall Break as we take poor George, poor, poor, poor George, hand in hand through the Friday the 13th catalog. Uh, how's it going, George? It's going great. How's it going, Travis? I'm loving life. Well, George, tonight we are talking about Friday the 13th, part five. Yes. Subtitle, A New Beginning. Real? Oh, now we did I not. I don't even know how to subtitle. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yes. We, they all have. Subtitles. We didn't. We didn't tell you the subtitle last time because we didn't want you to know where they were going. But now you've seen it, so now you know where they went. So yeah, it's called a, a new beginning. No, the final chapter I saw on the DVD. I think there's two movies on one disc, probably. On this one, I didn't see. Now uh, let me ask it, it George. The movie you watched tonight, did it have? Crispin Glover in it, or did you watch the right one? Fuck if I know. Who the fuck is Crispin Glover? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> George McFly. Oh. <laughs> Doing the Elaine dance. <laughs> um, I don't know. Was that person in this movie? No. Oh, oh my God. I think he watched five. Okay. Did you watch? Did you watch part five, George? I did, yeah, I definitely <laughs> watched part five. Was it a new beginning for you? You know, I, in like I don't a know. grander sense. I okay. Good night. Sure. I, I don't. I don't know. I took a whole. Did um, it feel new? Did it feel like the first time? All right. So check it out. <laughs> can I just? Can I just read you all my notes? Oh boy. We're no. There already. No. I don't think. <laughs> I, Nobody. Oh, okay. All right. Make it brief. Gold. For the sake well, we of have our curriculum listeners. here. You can. You can cut it all out. We have notes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, I showed him. I showed him your. Uh, <laughs> Your itinerary. All right, George. I want to hear your thoughts, uncensored, unbridled. Tell me about part five of Friday the Thirteenth. All right. And if we don't like it, we just we'll just shut it down. All right. Friday five. This movie is really freaking terrible. Worst acting so far? Question mark. Bunny jump scare. Another <laughs> cat jump scare. I mean, it's cool that people are getting wrecked and all, but. Jason appearing and disappearing in the main character's PTSD is very Mike Myers-ish. 45 minutes in, damn red shirts are dropping like flies. More toilet kills. <laughs> Exclamation point. The, the girlfriend from the van, great effect with the jugular still pulsing after the slit throat. Uh, man, more red shirts dying. I'm going to need to get some of that maw brain stew. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't George from episode one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love it. Hey, um, <laughs> a lot of people are getting wrecked and almost no hanky-panky, question mark. Mm. Um, if they do uh, if they do the through the mattress kill right here, and there it is, shaking my damn head. <laughs> Maybe I'm being picky, but how come people die immediately after being stabbed in the abdomen? Right, they should bleed out a bit. Red station wagon. Um, I, I I forget the little kid's name, uh, but I wrote Dudley. Uh, Was it Dudley? Little kid is a <laughs> real scream queen. Reggie, man, Reggie the Redless. Reg. Well, he was Dudley on a uh, different stroke. Yeah, yeah I don't he's know. the best friend yeah. of the yeah. main guy, Arnold. Yeah. Obligatory dead body gets thrown through the window. Um, Every one of them. Barn door shot is dope. 
you know what, what shot I'm talking yeah. about? Jason standing right in, the, in the barn door with the rain. Yeah. Dope. Um, why doesn't any engine start in these movies? <laughs> uh, impaled, True. impaled Jason. Uh, who the fuck's face was that? <laughs> 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 uh, obligatory jump scare ending and Jason continues I guess Jason is now more of a symbol like Guy Fox, but for serial killers or Jason is sort of a demonic possession that jumps to a new host every time its host is killed hey guys it's Dan I'm just gonna break in here in post and just tell you when this moment happened and I saw a giant Jason goes to hell shaped freight train barreling toward George with a big old load of be careful what you wish for, loaded on the back. I was dying, man. Of all the things to say, and all the things to wish for during a mediocre movie, but the worst part of part nine... Dudes, okay, back to the show and back to George's notes, but just remember this in the part nine episode. It's an interesting way to continue to make more movies, but seriously, how far we have strayed from the original which was so beautiful and pure. Now, yeah. Travis, are you smiling ear to ear like I am right now? Yeah, okay. I laughed the whole time. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Podcast over. Over. Done. So I asked you He's last learning, time, young George. Padawan. <laughs> I asked you last time, where do you go from the final chapter? Like, where do we go from here? And it, this is the way they chose to go. It sounds like you were a big fan. Five stars, right? Jesus, no. In the other direction, five it was negative stars five stars. Out of 100? <laughs> well, listen, it it was it it was an interesting and uh, creative and an acceptable way to, to continue, continue the story. story. However, it is we're getting further and further away from the original. I don't know if that's a a good thing that we have. You know, I eight more movies likes- to go. <laughs> or if it might have just been better off with, right. you know, you know, three movies, one, two, and four. I think he likes part 10 better, and he hasn't even seen it yet. <laughs> so let me ask you this, George. You say it strayed farther from the original. But what if I frame this movie as an American giallo whodunit thriller with graphic over-the-top kills and a relatively out-of-nowhere final twist killer? Did I just describe the first one or the fifth one? Mm. Ooh, I like that. Burn. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's that's mm, that's not even in the notes. That's you, you're making me angry now. Um, <laughs> they they did they did the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, listen, uh, they did that. Um, there are some big differences. The uh, you know, the person who done it in the fifth was much, much less significant than the person mm-hmm. who done it in the first. Okay. Um just not as connected. That's a like big nowhere difference. Near as connected, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and, and also uh, the fact that one had already been done, now five is it's regurgitated. But not in a not in a respectful way. Just in a regurgitated way but that's i guess that's my opinion that's not really fact do you think that a better director could have executed this script and this idea in a way that would have 
met or exceeded your expectations for part four? A better... Di- all right. What's, so what I'm asking is... come into this? You, you liked part four, from what I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you have made a proper sequel deserving of its place following part four? Using all the pieces they had at their disposal, but just better takes, better acting, better direction. Can you take Roy the ambulance driver, whodunit, murder guy, and follow part four in a, in a successful way? Or do you think from the jump they are already failing because it's such a thin answer as to who's done it? I think that, that the thin answer as to who done it is a problem. In this movie. You want to know my take? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. The answer is yes. Could have could another Absolutely. director have done I, it? I wrote a better movie while watching it. No, no, I agree that a better yeah. director could have could have done it, but I with that with that script though? No, I mean like the script would have to be part different. of the director's job is to you know take out what's not working and fix it and or negotiate with the writer and say is this do i have carte blanche to change this or fix this or whatever well then yeah i guess i agree then now this might surprise you george but the man who made this movie made four movies in his career yeah exactly i'm very disappointed in him now no he he made an x-rated movie called high rise which is a wonderful name for an x-rated movie and then he made three horror movies the unseen savage Mm. streets which is kind of like that's like gang. Yeah, gang last house overtake. on the left gang movie. Yeah, it's gross, not great. And then this wonderful film, which is actually like the, the crowning achievement of his career. And then nobody ever wanted him again, which is sad. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, if you had a Steve Miner doing this, I think this movie's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, f- I felt they, they wasted a huge opportunity. To like you said, build off of part four. It's basically a time jump, which is not necessary. They could have easily had Tommy go into uh, not a halfway house, but more of an insane asylum type situation where you know they have group talks and you start really digging into his psyche and figuring out why he has you know how deep is his PTSD. How is it affecting him? Why is he having these visions? All these different things that they could have completely done. Mm-hmm. And it would have been an, a real sequel, not a, oh, we can't get this actor to do the movie, so we're going to do a dip, big time jump and then not even give a shit about the, this mantle that was supposed to be handed down Yeah, uh, that, that they set up. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, what's his name, Tommy? Yes. So the kid, I think they could have just jumped right to Tommy being the being the next Jason. Well, yeah. They really could have. But they could have done it in a way... They they could have done it in a way where even if they wanted to do the ambulance driver, I, I personally would have given him a better backstory. We can talk about that later. But uh, if you do the insane asylum situation where it's like, you know, cuckoo's nest kind of thing where they're... Mm-hmm. they're you're, you're, you're digging into their backgrounds. You're digging into their psyche. And you're seeing these people are not stable. Uh, you know, especially if they're off their meds or, or if they're on the correct meds or not on the correct meds, you know, establish that and then maybe have this guy not an ambulance driver, but, you know, an orderly in the hospital. So he's hearing the stories. T- 
Tommy's story, all this stuff about Jason, and mm-hmm. and he's he's almost absorbing the information, and and then his son is slaughtered yeah. in front of him. Then you give it you give it more depth why he's doing what he's doing, and then the whole movie you're thinking it's Tommy. You could do him waking up in the middle of the night, not knowing where he is, so he's yeah. having these blackouts. Yeah, completely taking the the viewer on a on a roller coaster ride not knowing who the killer is yeah it's a, yeah there's there's lots of there's ways there's so many ways that there's done lots it. of ways that would have been better than this but yeah i mean th- to watch your son get hacked up in front of you would totally screw you up i, I mean i guess but if to you have had... him be the ambulance driver that picks up the dead body that doesn't show his gradual or his you know why he went yeah, and also, off the deep end and also the the whole hole in the backstory about how like he was, you know that that was his son, but he never told anybody. And what uh, what the f was up with that? Like, right. well, they're just trying to, you know, sway you away from things. Probably. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's so upset that his son was killed, but he didn't really care enough about his son to like tell anybody that he had a son. <laughs> I and think his that's son what my uh, what my good buddy Aaron refers to as a backronym, where it's like you go back and just kind of piecemeal. An explanation for the thing you're already stuck with. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, hey, uh, oh, and here's a backstory. Yeah, half-assed. Now, George, during this movie, how much of the time, George, during this movie, did you think that Tommy Jarvis was straight murdering mofos? Did you ever um, fall for it? I didn't. Never once? I th- I kind of thought it, but like... I wish we could go back and maybe do like... Maybe they're going with us. You know the focus group thing where you have like the little wheel and you like turn it right or left depending on if you like or don't like what you're seeing so they can track while you're watching a commercial or a movie i'd like to see the tommy's doing it it's somebody else tommy's doing it it's somebody else from george's reading as a first time viewer Mm -hmm. just to know take his temperature a little bit through the movie and just see if it's working because it has never worked for me but i saw this when i was so young i don't know if i would have caught it the first time and by the second time you watch it, you know who it is, and it's not a mystery anymore. Well, sadly, I think you're almost hoping for it, because the mm-hmm. the cliffhanger at uh, for part four is it's like okay, he shaved his head, he's clearly got issues, he's absorbing maybe not the soul of Jason, where he's he's going to like basically become Jason, but he definitely has. Like you said, PTSD Let, to lead him down that road. If he let's just say that if if Jason is like I described him in my notes, like you know a type of possession that mm-hmm. takes over a new host whenever the the current host gets wrecked, right? <laughs> hey guys, it's Dan again. Can you believe it? I mean, this guy's gonna love Jason Goes to Hell so much, right? He's never gonna find flaw. Anyway, back to the show. Don't forget the part nine episode coming up later. Then Tommy as a child is primed mm-hmm. to be the next host of the Jason demon or whatever. Yeah. And it really doesn't even go that deep because it's, it, they never even touch on a possession situation. If they even went that route, then I would understand that, but you don't even have to think that far into it. It's just basically the traumatic experience that this child had that night watching his mother die and it's just yeah it, yeah you know, it could it be doesn't just, even have to it be doesn't even have thing. to be any kind of supernatural right. anything or or like i said the, that's why i also described it as like you know the hockey mask is the guy fox mask right. of 
serial killers of this time and area. Right. You know, it could just be that. It doesn't have to be supernatural or whatever. Right. How far into the movie did you catch on to the fact that there were different colored chevrons or marks on the hockey mask? Like, as a first-time viewer, are you noticing right away, oh, that's blue, that should be red. Oh, that one's red, that one, okay, now we've got two different active hockey masks. Um, I, I, I noticed that the, uh, the hockey mask was blue. Um, when exactly was it? I guess when, I guess when the, the, when the real chase started at the end, Mm. when you're, when you start to see a lot of Jason, I noticed there's blue on the mask. Right. And And I thought the arrows are facing the opposite direction too. Yeah. Yeah, I knew there was something off about the mask, but then I also saw that on the mask, there was a big chunk out of the top of it. Like where he got axed in part right. three, I think. So hmm. that was me. That was, I just thought maybe, I don't know, I guess, you know, they changed the way the mask looked for this movie, right. but it's, it's still got that, you know, that big chunk out of the, you know, the top corner. So it must be Jason's mask. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to think what did they do that? Did they make it obvious on purpose or not? Like, Again, when I watched it when I was younger, you notice right away that there's through marketing and everything that the mask is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you think, okay, he's seeing the real Jason, air quotes, in his dreams, and that looks like the Jason from part four. Mm-hmm. And then this new Jason. And that mask is correct. That mask is correct. And then I'm thinking, I don't know if there's a hatchet mark in the blue mask. I'll have to check that out. I thought I there was. Because uh, when I saw the blue, I thought. Right, that doesn't look right. But I'm not really sure if Roy was going to do that. So it's like I'm going to check that nah, out. We got to go back. That's another plot hole. If it's got yeah. a chunk out of it, yeah, then. But I think that that was they were kind of establishing with the different masks that maybe this is Tommy, and he's trying. He's he's basically having these blackouts and he's pretending to be Jason. So I don't. I, do you want to do you want to pause right now and just go back because I got it up. Let's go look <laughs> Ooh, at a scene George with the blue mask. Up. He's got it up. Hey now. I'm disappointed uh, that the box set cover doesn't include the old weird digital mask that the VHS box uh, right. had. They've got two I different covers and they don't neither one of them's the the dumb looking digital mask I love. Right, right. So George, one thing I wanted you to notice was during the opening credits, they actually put you into the eye hole of the mask. Did you notice that? And it's a blue one. So you get a blue mask in the face, it flips around and you enter the eye hole. Mm-hmm. You're going into Jason, man. <laughs> and your name is Tommy or Roy, depending on how things go. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take notice to what, uh, what color yeah, the mask it, was. It, the more I talk about it, the more angry I get that this could have been one of the better movies if they had just taken the time to set up the stuff we're talking about. But, but my concern is if lazy. they, the, if they in the first go, just walk right in and say, okay, we ended with Tommy looking scary. So now you know he's the killer. And you spend 90 minutes of them, who's the killer? And everybody's just like, well, it's Tommy. And they're like, who's the killer? And everybody's like, well, it's fucking Tommy. You showed us Tommy earlier. It's not, it's Tommy. And then at the end, it's like, it was Tommy the whole time. Surprise. People would be like, no, right. this, right. It's not this a surprise. is a failure. So in a way, their twist works because it's not Tommy. But then, ooh, big swerve at the end. Maybe it is going to be Tommy after all. There's no, no, nothing missing from this mask. It's intact. It's brand new. Damn. But it is there is a chunk missing from the red mask that you see in the yes. fantasies. And the yeah, the dreams stuff. But there we're looking at it. There's no hack in the mask that's blue. 
so that was another big but that's interesting that you like mandela yourself into having a uh, chunk out of the blue mask you know you you mixed it that's interesting first time because every time they show the red one it has the hatchet hold on a second but every time they show the blue second it's not there it's not there I do have to say I like I do like the Roy Jason though I like the body build I like the mask I, I I like it it doesn't bother me you know what George what I like this movie <laughs> I mean it sucks the first half hour is kind of hard to get through but the last half hour is a good Jason movie with some twists yes. that may or may not get off the ground I think a better director if you give me ninety minutes of the last thirty minutes of this movie mm-hmm. I think it's a good movie. I'm telling you, if you if you do the Alien 3 type mentality with this and you really dig into the red shirts that you're talking about and this, this takes place in a hospital setting, not like Halloween, but like a mental, uh, health, a mental health situation situation where these guys are having, they think they're having hallucinations and all this stuff like this is happening. Yeah, to and you don't know what's hallucination right. and what's not. I think that would have been amazing. Almost like a Mysterio, you know, scarecrow kind of thing. Yeah. I think it would have been, but I don't think back in this time period they were thinking that. They were just thinking money grab, another Jason movie. They didn't yeah. really care. You know, Dan, maybe the first uh, 45 minutes or the for- first hour were so bad that I didn't give the last half hour a chance. Because I think this time watching it, for me, I knew it was going to suck, and my notes reflect the fact that I wasn't having any fun. But then having forgotten how good the last 30 minutes are, I was like pleasantly surprised to be back with an old friend who actually delivers all the things I I wanted from a movie. Mm. It's a very strange. It's like the opposite of part three, where I well, it's about in many ways it's the same as my part three experience, but it actually pays off at the end. Where part three for me, I think I'm gonna like it. I hate it at the beginning, and then it gets a little better, and then it never gets to where I want it to be. Right. This one at least pays off at the end. Yeah, I agree with that. One thing they did though, they copied. My favorite kill scene from part three, I don't even know if we brought it up while we were all just pissing on how terrible part three is. There's one shot where Jason retrieves a weapon from a body. Hmm. And you don't see the cut from when the body is a person to where the body is a fake body. So you get this kind of unexpectedly graphic retrieval of the blade from the dead body. Mm -hmm. Heck of a shot in part three. Probably on par with the, the holding back of Rick. Where he's just like, oh, God, he's on the porch and he's scared, you know. Uh, Other than that, that's probably my favorite shot in part three is the retrieval of the blade. They do it here. It's not as effective, but it's still pretty gross. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. expect to see the full blade extend out of a body, and there it is. Stuff. I do remember seeing that in this movie. It was nasty. I liked it. The the kills are pretty nasty in this. The, The knockoff versions of the early stuff aren't good. You know, the bacon kill that you already had in your notes is just like, oh, God, they're going to. Oh, God, they did. (laughs) Total letdown. But uh, the window toss, I mean, it succeeds in that a body goes through a window. You know, it's not creative. That's one of the things that I think I might be okay with. Just let's just get rid of that. We don't need that in every movie, do we? What, the body through a window? Yeah, we don't need that. Worked great in the first one. (sighs) I don't know if we ever needed it again, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why Why was that a thing that just continued through every movie? I don't think we really need it. One of my favorite moments in this movie, there's a part where Jason 
you see only his hand with like a meat cleaver or a hatchet coming at the camera. You know, traditional like whack at the viewer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. But he puts no enthusiasm into it. So it's just like, eh. <laughs> it's a meh kill. The internal dialogue <laughs> is just, oh, hey, there's a person here. I guess I'll, eh. Guess I have to kill this person, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite kill. Could have used to take two, Mr. Steinman. Rest in peace. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. So was there a moment for you, George, early in the picture when you realized, oh, geez, it's a part three again? Was there like a specific introduction of a character? Was there a specific plot thread where you were just like, oh, no, this is a bad one? Uh, maybe it was the like the, the hillbilly mom and son. Yeah. No, oh. that definitely. Those yep. Nope. That's the moment. So, you nailed so it. So offensive. Yeah. <laughs> so offensive. <laughs> and you think that they're not going to do that because you know the killing of the of the kid, the hacking of the kid, Roy's son, comes like out of nowhere. All Wait. of a sudden, he's just he's chopping wood, and then oh yeah, okay. with an axe, and you're like, and he just starts hacking into this kid, and you're like, that's so not what to expect because you're thinking all the other things are so uh rip off of three and four that's something that hasn't happened yet where a, a person killed another person <laughs> out of nowhere yeah well and for you I to be like, like whoa 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 guys only the Voorheeses <laughs> do the killing in these movies exactly <laughs> it threw me a little bit and it's a good kill i mean yeah it's abrupt it comes out of nowhere it's super gross and then for it to follow like you said it <laughs> Mama. but it, it, it does it's it, the it's baby so. ninja turtle <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole movie suffers from that campiness that and like you keep calling them the red shirts and that's exactly what it feels like like it, whenever i explain to people about you know when they whine about there's too much character development in this movie and they're talking too much let's get to the monsters let's get to the zombies and i'm like yeah but when you know more about these people and you care about them the kills hurt so much more i'm totally on board so with you. so when you take a jason movie and i always use that as an example i'm like this is you know the walking dead it's not a friday 13th because no matter who dies on the walking dead you care because they spend time developing these characters. Now, yeah, you well, do have red. I, you do have red shirts on there. Yeah, but I'm talking main characters. Even if B, C characters are killed, you kind of care because you're like, oh, they were developing this, or they were going here, or they were doing this, and now that's all gone. Yeah, I mean, with yeah, with, I don't want to. We're not really discussing Walking right. Dead. But with a Jason but, movie, the main character could die, and you don't care. <laughs> like I don't even know the like, name, the exactly. main character's name. Well, that's what I was you gonna care say. About Jason, besides Tommy and Demon, because that's a cool name, Reggie the Reckless, <laughs> uh, Gramps. Michael Jackson. I guess Gramps is a character, and then uh, Pam. I know Pam because that's a recycled name from Pam Voorhees. But like, right. other than those characters, I couldn't name a character in this movie. Right. And. Uh, I mean, okay, so Billy. I can name Billy and Lana because they say each other's names like a hundred times. It's like a job interview. They want us to remember Billy and, and Lana or Lana, whatever she calls it. See, clearly it didn't hit home. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember Billy is the guy that does the coke and is such a skis bag. Mm-hmm. But as far as I remember, he's only in one other scene. So take me back, George. Billy pulls up in his car. 
But the point I wanted to make about The Walking Dead was they're almost predictable in the other way. Like yes. when they start developing a character, you're like, oh, well, this guy's Someone's fucking gone, dead yeah. soon. But it still makes you care. Yeah. It's it's a red flag. So the thing, yeah. the reason why, and this is not a Walking Dead podcast, but I'm going to continue talking about it. <laughs> the reason why the first um, a couple of seasons of The Walking Dead were so good was because they developed everyone so well mm -hmm. and some of those people died abruptly mm -hmm. and the, the, and it kept you it had you and guessing and you thought wait there was still more story there right <laughs> and you <laughs> were, didn't even talk to that person for two days <laughs> yep yeah. and you I mourned their death and you mourned the rest of the story that never got to get told right with some people and again I agree with that completely and that's but that's why the reason why I always bring up Friday 13th for those kind of discussions because I'd rather have it the other way. I, I enjoy Jason movies, but I, basically I like to see the kills. I want to see how, how creative they are and how cool Jason is. But, you know. I agree. I want to care about the characters. I, I want to I care about the people dying. I agree. Um, I think that Walking Dead did it fantastically in like the first three, maybe four mm -hmm. seasons. It was fantastic. Well, yeah, and then the world got bigger, basically. Yeah, and then the, but this, you know, part three and part five, it's kind of like Walking Dead for people with ADD that right. don't that <laughs> don't want they you know, they want the payoff now. It's like right. Okay, all right, develop these characters, but kill some people in the process because we don't well, want that's, it to what be they, that's what they paid for. So it's exactly. the uh, the TikToking dead. Yep. Yes, <laughs> it's the TikToking dead. Perfect. <laughs> so Billy pulls up to the diner. We haven't seen Billy since his opening scene, where all he basically says is, "Hey, Tommy, get out of the car. We're here." Okay. And then Jason mm -hmm. kills him with an axe to the head. Which is graphic and cool, whatever. It's quick, quick cut. But who the hell was Billy? Like, until today when I finally realized, oh, that's the guy that gets killed later. There's not enough character development to connect him mm -hmm. to the other characters. There's not enough story to explain why Jason would go so far out of Crystal Lake slash uh, Pinehurst to kill a guy. And it's one of those major problems with this, like, who done it? Because there's also a serious case of why bother done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's true so then the greasers show up like all of a sudden fonzie and fonzie b are out in the w what are those two doing out in the woods and how far from wherever it is those guys come from are they when they're in the backwoods of new jersey are they like i mean what greasers why, why is jason greasers? buried in the woods yeah. are you talking about the very beginning <laughs> yeah uh, with that uh, tombstone made out of wood, like is this tombstone? Is weird. this like like the OK Corral? Yeah, and it's like sketched on his name is written. I don't with think. Crayon. I think. I don't think that that's the part that Dan was talking about. No, he's talking about the later in the movie. But um, that's what came to my mind when he yeah. was talking. So I said it. <laughs> but you know, you get these two guys in leather jackets, like, "Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> Crap my ass." That's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> my ass just do it man crap my ass there's a comma i think that was supposed to be read yeah crap <laughs> question mark my ass which is uh, still not great that's not a great right. line it's kind of funny it's not shakespeare it's still again it's the no second, engine starts in this movie it's the second best uh <laughs> phrase with the word ass in it in this series but we have to wait for part seven hmm <laughs> for that one. Oh, I love that line too. 
great reads, guys. Big thumbs up from the <laughs> the note the, and the Paramount they don't have notes the 3D like, excuse. Oh, geez, Louise. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that 3D excuse you were explaining where oh, it's already in the can. Crap. We can't. Crap my ass. Crap my ass. <laughs> <laughs> What's my motivation? So why is Jason so mobile? Why is he hitting this random ambulance guy in an unnamed city and then hitting city folk in the woods that have nothing to do with the story except for to add kills? Like, Yeah, he has no focus. He's random. I think, Jason. I think Danny Steinman had very little focus. Yeah. <sighs> well, yeah. Well, that was part of my notes and actually kind of a serious part because I said... Well, the way I phrased it was almost no hanky panky, like. Well, we don't know what those the, two were doing in the woods, so right. They but just what, didn't I'm, film what it. I'm saying is, this pattern of killing doesn't seem like Jason, right? Right. Because it was more random. Well, than Well, in the case. end, it does because he's more of a re- revenge killer and not revenge for, you know, because the, the counselors were banging when he was drowning. Yeah. But it's like, again, that's an obvious thing where you don't think about until after you notice it was a copycat killer. But yeah, like I wrote my notes. This movie has zero vision. There's just no, there's no end game. There's no middle ground. There's like nothing. Like they just were like, okay, we got, we have the money. Let's make another one because it's going to make money, and let's not play off of anything that yep. we established. And that's when cinema gets poor. It gets very bad. Yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> Dan, you're overruled. No, I. <laughs> I did say to Dan, I like it too because of what they were trying to do. He waited but until my, I said I liked it because he didn't yeah. want to embarrass himself. My issue is <laughs> is the movie in my head as I'm watching it was so much better. Like yeah. the why didn't you do this? Why didn't you try this? You wanted to do this, but you never tried this. Like all that stuff would have made it a way better movie. You know what I think would have made this a way better movie? If they just would have taken that little extra step and made it a true Friday the 13th, part five, crossed over with Pete's dragon. Because the moment <laughs> you introduce the Shelly Winters lookalike lady and her country bumpkin junior, I mean, you are just, you're on the cusp. If you can just get, yeah. uh, <laughs> you get your child, Tommy, you keep it, you cancel Goonies, because you don't need Goonies anymore once you have yeah. Pete's dragon the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a winning combination of throwing country bumpkins in the mud and cutting dudes' heads off. And you get a dragon in there, too. I and mean, that's what you need is dragon versus Jason. That'll fix it mm. all. Isn't that part 10? It does need remember. to be a musical, though. We never did. <laughs> hey, we s- hey, that would be an improvement. We still don't have musical Jason. I mean, he doesn't no talk musical. a lot, so his parts are going to be kind of beatboxy. But Well, he would be an interpretive dancer. Ooh. All right, we need to fix that. There Let's needs to be this. a musical, Jason. No. I'll do that right after we make re- reshoot some of those clerk scenes. So in like 2050? Yeah, 2050. Okay. Well, once COVID's over. So like 2050? Yeah. Oh. That's funny. So, George. Travis. Which Jason did you like better? The Dream Jason or the... Roy Jason, visually. Dream Jason. You like the Dream Jason? Oh, yeah. I came around. I kind of like the Roy Jason. I didn't like the Roy Jason, but 
I like the uh, Tommy Jason. Tommy Jason looks cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, he has... I don't like the lumbering large Jason. I like the, like we said with Myers, the sleeker. The the Roy Jason looks more like what Jason should look like. Although the Dream Jason looks like part four, so, you know, again, uh, nostalgia feels. I like him as well. But I didn't hate the Roy Jason. A lot of people do. I guess because of the non-payoff at the end, but... Yeah. What about you, Dan? I'm over here rewriting the songs... From Pete's Dragon <laughs> to be a Jason thing, because I, I, in the end, all Jasons are good Jasons. I'm fine with all of them. Uh, right. I'm excited for Tommy Jason at this point. Can't wait to get that going. But while we wait, uh, I, I would like to uh, propose instead of "I'll be your candle on the water," uh, I'm your machete on the water. <laughs> I think that's where I'm going with that one. And of course, Bill of Sale, the the best song in the movie, underrated Bill of Sale. We got a Bill of Sale right here. That's probably as far as I can take it without uh, getting sued, because my vocal chops are you know <laughs> right up there with the. Uh, well, <laughs> actually, I mean, if you've seen the movie, they're not too far off. Boom! Take that, Shelley Winters. Rest in peace. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, still trying to figure out where we're gonna get Bill of Sale into a J. Uh, come back to me. I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> All Jasons are good Jasons. All Jasons are good Jasons. I like it. <laughs> so I kind of touched on the backstory would have made this completely a better movie. I I don't I just don't understand why they wasted that. It's like a, it's it's so bad that he he's your killer. You've established this is a, this is the guy that's going to be the killer. He's going to be a copycat killer. I hear Dan laughing, so he must have came up with a good lyric. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they just never bother to develop him at, at all. And I'm just like, they totally could have. You've never seen Cuckoo's I, Nest, The next have you? Jason's going to be a better Jason because the man behind the mask has a story. Going back to our discussion of Friday Part 1, we talked about, oh, it would have been great if we would have met Pam. This is our actual, like... This was us thinking we were smart. If we would have met mm-hmm. Pam Voorhees in one scene earlier in the movie, just long enough to establish her as a character in the movie, then it wouldn't have felt like a cheat at the end. And this movie did that. And it didn't I thought that too. fucking matter. I thought <laughs> well, that too. I, there's a reason why it didn't matter. Because Pamela Voorhees was not wearing a mask when her reveal happened. Neither was Roy. Right, but it pays off. It's different because the reveal is different. Like, Pamela Voorhees showing up out of nowhere, never established, automatically makes her suspicious. So my point in saying that she should have been shown earlier, kind of like the ambulance driver, was to take the suspicion away a little bit. Or maybe they should have had her help a little bit and then lock a door and then you realize, oh shit, she's not. Who she think? Who you think she is? Mm-hmm. Instead of just the oh, I'm Mrs. Voorhees, and I, like it was just so lazy that I, I thought to myself it would have been better. I wouldn't have suspected her right away if she was an established character earlier. With Roy, he's laying there. That mask pops off his face when he lands on the spikes, and you're still looking at his face. You don't know exactly where you know that face from. Mm-hmm. 
So the reveal is okay there because they didn't have him show up and say, hi, I'm here to help you. So it was almost like that didn't matter that he was established earlier. It didn't. It didn't. Okay. So I thought this when I was watching the movie, when the reveal happened, actually, I mean, I really, I rewinded it. I still didn't know or rewound it. I still didn't know who that was who that on the spikes. Right. I watched it three times. And I I don't recognize this mm-hmm. guy until, you know, I continued watching and the sheriff explained who it was. Right. Thank Which you. They, thank you for that because I wouldn't have <laughs> known otherwise. Right. They had the mansplain it because they just didn't. They had the mansplain yeah. it because it's the only way anyone would know who was behind the exactly. mask. And so in that sense, introducing the person for a little bit you know here and there before revealing them didn't matter in the least to me and also let's go back to one with pam hindsight is 2020 that is the best jason movie ever made (laughs) is it the best whatever your hindsight is it's 2020 it's not fair that is the best jason movie so far number one even with its flaws, whatever, however you would fix it or make it better, doesn't matter. It's still the best one so far. And it's not even Jason. See, and that's the, the thing. End. I consider <laughs> it an accidental prequel. Like, when I break down these movies, mm-hmm. part one stands alone as an accidental, incidental prequel. Two through four are your Jason trilogy. And then four, five, and upcoming number six are your Tommy Jarvis trilogy. So are you ready, George, for the Tommy Jarvis trilogy? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. One of those ones where it could have been two. They could have just skipped five. Hmm. But I like five. It's fun. I personally put five in the category of, George hasn't seen the full trilogy and or saga yet, but. uh, I'll take take my cans off. No, it's fine. Halloween three. I can still hear you. It, (laughs) It puts it in the category Halloween three. Like they tried something different. Don't and don't do Halloween three like that, Travis. I mean, I no, see where you're going with it, but don't do it. it's a. You know what it is? It's a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. That's what Part see, Five I like, is. I like Part Two. I like Part Five, but Nightmare right. on Elm Street Part Two is bonkers. I need a <laughs> I need a noise to make while you guys are talking about shit I haven't seen. Okay. Why don't you hum our theme song? <laughs> I don't have the ring. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I won't fault them for trying something new. They realize they're five movies in, and they just try something new. They gave it a go. Shh, they it's just gonna work or it's not. Why they put this? I wish. I mean, why you put this movie, this flagship franchise? I mean, okay, flagship for Paramount, but. You know, this money-making popular franchise, why you would try to save money with a director this bad? That part I don't understand. Like, you don't Mm. need to get Steven Spielberg. I mean, that'd be great. But you you don't have to. Mm. A Spielberg-Jason movie? I'm so in for that. Definitely. I really want... I mean, someday I'll tell you my my idea for a Friday movie, but we're going to have to get it copyrighted first. So I got to write it down. I got to mail it to myself. We can talk (laughs) about it in about six weeks when the postal service gets it back to me. Thanks guys (laughs) over there. A few in particular. 
just going downhill either way. Hey, so guys, can we talk about Reggie the Reckless a little more? Not just his remarkably well auditioned scream. I mean, mm. you know he was going to Kristen Baker and was just like, Hey, you did great in part two, and the only reason you got this role was your scream. Can you teach me how to scream the same way? <laughs> and she's like, Sure, Reggie the Reckless. That's how that <laughs> went down. I, I have sources. They confirmed it. <laughs> I believe Here's it. the thing I didn't like watching it today. So much of the dialogue to and surrounding Reggie is poorly written at best and gross if at worst. And are we sure that's his grandpa? I really wasn't feeling any of the stuff with him. Like, George is like, they, they lost me, so I didn't even see a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a grandpa. He came flying through the window and his eyes sewn shut or something. I, I don't know. And why is Demon... I mean, I love Demon. Don't get me wrong. Why is Pam allowing Demon and allowing Demon's girlfriend to smoke weed in the 1980s in front of a child? Mm. Was that weed? That was weed, man. Are you sure? That was Colombian gold, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's pretty clearly a rolled up something, something. And it's just like, well. I think, I don't know. No, I think that when he was there, they were. She was smoking a cigarette, and I think that after he left, then they. I were mean, you could weed. tell because it had a blue filter and a little chip out of the top, so. <laughs> <laughs> like the mask. All right, we'll just we'll just rewind it then. All right, hold on. Let me cue it up. <laughs> but you got to do it in a John Madden voice. <laughs> and then here, here, boom. <laughs> you got to circle things and talk about the it. The tight yeah. end's always more dangerous than <laughs> the red zone. I know. We got to add John Madden on yeah. this one. Here's a pass in the flat to Reggie the Reckless. Oh, boom. 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 Yeah, I, I, the more I'm watching this, I love that mask. I love the Roy Jason. I really like the end of the movie. Like, that whole chase is really good. Pam is a pretty good final girl slash mother figure. Like, it's a weird mix of mm. our Jason dynamics. They don't get it all straight. Yeah, I'm a fan of the belt, the belt across the eyes kill. It's good stuff. You know, if I were Demon, I would want a little bit more privacy in the John. His girlfriend is like <laughs> really up in his business. Yeah, she's a, she's looking for the John Madden play by play. Is what she's, she's doing. She's a Clash Nine clinger. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold on. Those damn enchiladas. I mean, that you can't write dialogue that good. That had to be improv. What's <laughs> <laughs> up, Pam? <laughs> All right, so in that scene, <laughs> in, that, in that little part, <laughs> uh, the girlfriend only takes one drag, one drag yeah. and it is rolled up. It's, it's, something it's a darker ro- it's color. It's something rolled up, yeah. but she, didn't, definitely brown she paper. didn't smoke it like... Uh, she didn't hold that shit. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess jury's <laughs> out on that one. Going to have to wait for the UHD 4K release of Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah, probably not going to get one of those for a long time. I I kept saying to myself, and I'm saying again, looking at Tommy's face, I think this movie does suffer a lot not having Corey Feldman in it, because there's just no connection to this Tommy. There would be more of a connection if it was Corey. Do you really the kid version, right? Yeah. Do you really need him to be that old to pull off? The Tommy Jarvis character? Yeah. I don't think so. To be, you know, to be to take over Jason, yeah, he's got to be at least. Well, that an could adult. be something of uh, you know later on. I mean, they 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 hint on that in a few movies where a character takes over a persona. 
and I they're mean, not always could, adult. He could be, uh, it could be Corey Feldman, and have some copycat killer running around, you know, in the movie. But you, but if he's still a kid, then you don't have that don't that takeover of the mask at the end. You could you could have that. It, the what you don't have is the is Tommy doing any of this killing? That's what you yeah oh, yeah have. that's true yeah which could... really isn't really there to begin with. Mm-hmm. You could still have Feldman wearing that mask at the end of the movie. Yeah, when he Pam could be... goes in. You're right. Yep, you're right. It's just there's no connection to this Tommy. I agree. And he's not that good. But the last half hour is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the little chase not really as... it's just the chase at the end. The chase is good. The rest of the movie is. Meh. But the chase—it's recycled. It has—it happens in a barn again. Yeah, True. there's a lot of barns like, out there near Crystal Lake. I don't know. The I'm the falling on the spikes was cool though. That was a good spike cool. effect. That was cool. You enjoyed the uh, Shyamalan reveal moment at the end. That, but like you said, you were like, oh, I couldn't. Still didn't know who it was. <laughs> Rewound it three times. So, no. So George, yeah, you've seen five Friday the Thirteenth. Do you want to rank him real quick? He hates us for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, two, four, in that order. And then the other two just don't even get ranked? I is mean, you got to fight it three? out. Is is five better than three, or is three better than five? I'll okay. remind you. Three is better than five. What about that van scene at the beginning? Didn't that make you just want to jump out of the van? Maybe that was just me. That's what happens when you're pregnant, you know? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like either. Let's preface with I don't like three and I don't like five. However, three three is more iconic. Three than five. introduced the mask, right? Which is why I ranked it over this one, and the only reason. It's not like the acting was better or the directing was better or the girls effects were, were better. Girls were hotter in three than five. Whatever. Well, it's kind of a necessity in the Friday. The there were no movie. guitars yeah, in this movie, <laughs> Travis. No Who guitars. cares about girls? There's no guitars <laughs> and skateboarders. <laughs> yeah. So, do they get credit carded? Then I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like either. I have terrible, terrible news, guys. I don't think that bill of sale is going to work in a Friday the Thirteenth context unless you do it in a flashback. And they're arguing over the rights to Crystal Lake. If you do that, hmm. then it's Bay of Blood. But also, I think the song works a little bit better. Yeah, you're a fan of the disco, disco Jason. It's like a porn, Jason porn. There you go, right that. I mean, any Jason's a porn if you're brave enough, right? That's true. That's true. All right, so guys. Yeah, has anyone tried to seduce Jason yet? Why not? Might work. Might save your life. Uh, only tried to pretend to be his mother. No one tried to hook up with him yet. The day is still young, guys. The day is still young. I think Freddy does. But so I am going to send you guys a little on-air musical entertainment. I'll have to probably cut bits of this out so we don't get a copyright claim. But let me ask you up front. Have either of you watched the FX show The League about fantasy football from the like League? 10 years ago-ish? No. I might have seen one episode. Oh my God, it's a really good show. You should watch it. Anyway, there's a guy on that show. His character name is Taco. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Taco, like the delicious treat you get from a, a street vendor or if you're, you know, 
inebriated a Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually have a friend named Taco. Well, and the yeah. Chiefs now the have a player named Taco. Shout out to Taco Charlton. I'm going to at you in this episode post. So, guys. So, here is a thing <laughs> I'm sending to your uh, messenger here. This is written by Jean Lejoy. I think I'm saying that right. Who played Taco on the league. And he's a musician and he writes really good, catchy songs and does fun little videos. And I want you guys to watch this video right now. It's called Wolfie's Just Fine, A New Beginning. And you can find it on YouTube. I love that song, man. I love that video. The reshoots are, as you said, precise. They nail even some of the smaller, minute details from the original movie. Even some mistakes from the original movie, they they mirror perfectly in the reshoot. The gore actually looks a little better in the reshoot because of you know technology and no MPAA on on YouTube. So that's pretty fun. I'll tell you though, you guys laughed and it's funny, but like my own experience with these movies is so similar to his. Right. That like it it feels like almost too real some of that. Where it's just like well, that's, damn that's that was the, that was my childhood. Yeah, that's the hard part about this with George is I, he's I was watching laughing. it as an old older person. I was laughing cuz I never had that experience. Right. At first though. But somehow you still end up on this podcast. So I guess it all worked out. Right. But once once Travis said like, "Wow, this kid's good." I was thinking the same thing like, "Wow." Yeah, he's he's very good. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he's going to be famous. Um, but yeah, we both have that childhood connection to horror movies. So they affect us in different like I always say people will judge me when they're like, "Oh, you have monster models and you have masks all over your house." And just, like, doesn't it affect your children? I'm like, this stuff's not real. Yeah, but it does affect them, but it's yeah, fine. but if you if you grow up around it, <laughs> if you grow up around it, they they're not af- they're not affected. No, I'm by not it, saying but... you're doing anything wrong with your children. I'm just saying it's a thing that people have things in right. their house. Like that's your thing. It's just stuff. Like, but it's like, like my my daughter grows up around guitars and amplifiers yeah. and skateboards. What are you doing to her? It's like <laughs> it's what I do. But yeah, I mean, it, if you're if they grow up around it, you're hoping it doesn't affect them. Like like Dan's saying, that's how he was basically introduced the horror movies which i was too but i had people around me friends that were also involved in watching them so i never thought it was i never was scared and or it didn't affect me the way like to run to my bed and throw my blanket over me now when you talk about the exorcist it's a little different mm. but i had know. my worst jason nightmares and i think jason was the only one that ever actually like gave me actual nightmares uh, because of that damn video game, the NES game. Mm. So I had Purple Jason nightmares when I was before I'd seen any <laughs> of the movies, and I think part of it, me wanting to see the movies, was to kind of slay that demon because I was tired of Purple Jason showing up and trying to mm. give me the old eight-bit machete. Wow. Yeah, that's funny. The first time I watched Halloween, I remember I couldn't sleep. Like it, I, I mean, that shook me. But I never had yeah. a nightmare from it. It didn't. It wasn't a residual problem. It was just that night. I remember being at a sleepover, being like, "Nope, not not gonna happen. Not yeah. not sleeping tonight." You're not getting me. <laughs> well, that because of the voyeurism, like nobody wants to be watched. Well, and that whole movie is about being followed and watched. And we also mm. accidentally, on purpose, uh, accidentally rented a Jess Franco slasher movie, which 
I didn't know who Jess Franco was then, and neither of you probably know him now, and that might be for the better. I love Jess Franco now, but man, I was not ready for that. <laughs> not a bit. So it's okay, though. I didn't totally spend the next like 30 years of my life watching these movies religiously and starting a podcast about them. It turned out fine. <laughs> well, you're, tar- you're talking to somebody who was 13 and, you know, went out trick-or-treating with a 14-inch butcher knife, so... You add yeah. an inch every time we talk about <laughs> that knife. F- I kind of get it. Was it 12? Okay. Hey, you know, <laughs> I have knife envy. I mean, shoot, you go outside with a 15-inch blade and things are going to happen. That's right. Tomorrow it'll be 16. Was it... <laughs> is that a real knife or is it just the lighting and the angle? <laughs> <laughs> oh man it can be as big as I want it in my own head <laughs> so guys as you know during this fall break we've been kind of playing with the format a little bit we're going to do something a little different with this episode for two reasons one instead of waiting a week between viewings we're actually having you watch part six tomorrow because Tommy Jason needs you right mm-hmm. now by the way Tommy Jason sounds and like I need Tommy Jason right now it sounds like a trailer trash. It sounds like a uh, clothing line. Like a hyphenated <laughs> first Jason. name. Like I imagine right. that Ma- like Junior, for all we know, his actual name was Tommy Jason Smith Jr., you know? Yeah. Tommy Jason. Tommy Jason, get off Tommy that Jason. slide. Tommy Jason. Tommy Jason, get off. <laughs> Put that down. Put that knife down, Tommy Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, next dog I get, I'm naming it Tommy Jason. Tommy Sorry, Jason. dear. That's happening. Put the dog down, Tommy Jason. <laughs> Damn it, Tommy Jason. How many times oh, I tell you, funny. Tommy Jason, don't be chewing <laughs> on my Jason. records. Don't anyway. be drinking that beer. That's my beer. So not only are we going to have George <laughs> watch another Jason movie tomorrow, and we're going to talk about it again, and I can't wait because part six is a movie that we're going to talk about, and that's as much as I can say about it. But before we did this episode, and actually before uh, George even watched part five, I had him watch a Dario Argento movie. Now, George, you told me you finished the movie. Mm-hmm. Travis, did you ever finish Phenomena? Took me a week, but yes. Okay, so you saw the last <laughs> half hour, which <laughs> yes, I did. is the important part of that movie. <laughs> the last half hour is why we watched that movie together separately. Okay. <laughs> So I got to give a little bit of background because none of our listeners, well, okay, so Jake and Aaron probably, but everybody else who (laughs) listens to this show have not seen Phenomena. Maybe Jason. Anyway, uh, here's the thing that I'm going to, here's my introductory background. This might actually shed some light for you guys as to what the hell I made you watch earlier this week. Mm. Dario Argento. We've talked about a lot because he's one of those uh, progenitors of the slasher movie with his Jalo hits, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, that we refer to a lot as pre-bird and post-bird movies. And mm. then, of course, Deep Red, which George had seen a while ago because I made him, which, again, changed everything about what the Italians were doing with their own movies and also managed to influence Halloween quite a bit. So mm-hmm. twice he's changed an industry that most people don't even know exists, which is your Italian 70s slashers, but not slashers, film industry. After Deep Red, Argento made two movies that actually made money in the States and had nothing to do with a fedora-wearing, unseen killer. One was called Suspiria, which was recently remade in the U.S. And then the second one was actually made in association with uh, Fox, 
it was called Inferno, which was a direct sequel to Suspiria. Neither of those are slasher movies. They're like witches, covens, ancient mysticism mixed with blood and gore. And they're awesome. And the soundtracks are cool. And you should check them out. I think Suspiria is like on the top 10 greatest horror movies of all time, isn't it? It's so good, man. And if you can see it live once COVID's over with the band scoring it live in the room, holy moly. Like, it's really Mm. good. Although the, the time I went half or more of the audience was high as a kite and so they were laughing at stuff that's not funny and i was just like <laughs> mm. oh this audience is really high and i'm just here for the bass part like okay whatever anyway not everyone takes these movies as seriously as i do and i get it but i also don't like come on guys step it up anyway so uh the thing about argento after inferno is he? Everybody thought he was going to make the third piece of a trilogy, right? You did first ever uh, weird witches movie, and then a direct sequel, which he'd never done before. So everybody was just like, "Oh yeah, he's going to do a third one." And then he announced he was doing a movie called Tenebrae. Now Tenebrae is my favorite Argento movie, and we'll cover it someday. But know this: based on the name alone, people assumed it was part three of a trilogy, and instead it was a slasher-inspired. Straight up old-fashioned Jallo. And it's amazing. Because right away, you can see the influence of Tom Savini and Friday the 13th on this old formula, which originally inspired Friday the 13th. So if you're tracking me here, the Italians did it first, the Americans did it more efficiently, and now the Italians are copying the Americans who are copying the Italians. So the snake is eating its own tail. Mm Mm-hmm. So I like it. Part four comes out from the Friday the 13th series. And then Phenomena comes out. Now, Phenomena is kind of insane, as you might have noticed, because he's <laughs> taking the Jalo formula, but really he's taking the slasher formula, which is similar to the Jalo formula. Like he's, he's co-opting the American ideas from the Friday the 13th movies and their copycats, but he's bringing in some of this weird, like, mystical nonsense from the Suspiria type stuff. So he's making a whole new thing, which is like a magic nature Jalo slasher. Like phenomena is insane because all of its parts are insane and it's mixed up in a vat of insane with a big old insane stick. And then it's thrown at the screen <laughs> insanely. <laughs> but in its core, it's kind of traditional. I mean, the woman, there's nothing mystical about her. Uh, I, I mean, I hear you. You mean the one that I talks to saying. bugs and controls no, 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 bugs? No, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the, uh, the, the... He's talking I about Pam. The, the woman, the... I guess she was the killer? He's talking about Pamela Voorhees. Oh, okay. The Pamela Voorhees. The Pamela yeah, Voorhees. The, the, the mom phenomenon. that takes her home. Daria Nicolodi, yeah. the wife at the time she was a bit of tradition. the director, the mother of Aja Argento, who is famous now in the U.S. for among other things, destroying Harvey Weinstein. Uh, okay. That's his daughter, and her mother is the Pam Voorhees from this movie. Gotcha. But isn't it crazy <laughs> that the that the Italian version of the Friday the 13th formula would actually be so similar in its final execution to the original Friday the 13th? Mm. The snake eats its tail. Is that crazy? It's crazy, man. 
Like it's a it's movie. It's not crazy at all. It's a movie about. Let me just for our listeners, just a quick summary of this movie. You probably shouldn't bother watching because it's too goofy. Yeah. <laughs> skip to the last half hour. The last half hour is insanely cool. And when you get to the last half hour, skip that too. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly. Well, it, did you watch in the English dub or did I make you read the movie, Travis? <laughs> no, I did not read this movie. <laughs> there was some uh, Italian in there towards the end where they were yelling at each other, but it was definitely uh, English dubbed. So, for our listeners who haven't seen this movie, Jennifer Connelly, yes, that Jennifer Connelly, can communicate with bugs with her mind. Donald Pleasance, yes. That Donald Pleasance is confined to a wheelchair <laughs> and has a helper chimp who helps who collects him knives. <laughs> who helps him be a more successful entomologist. So he studies mm. the bugs that she can communicate with. It gives him a connection, man. And then Daria Nicolodi, who's in so many of these mm-hmm. movies and is so great in everything, is essentially a Pam Voorhees who has a baby jason who's what six years old Mm -hmm. something like that but like super deformed more so than any jason Voorhees you've seen before it looked like a like a woodchuck (laughs) there's a shot in this movie where he is running on a dock holding a spear chasing after jennifer connelly it is genuinely frightening it's like the only scary part of the whole movie but just the the disparity the juxtaposition if you will of a three foot six inch kid with a mutant face holding a spear that's got to be six feet long and running angrily that's pretty Razor scary sharp man teeth is, yeah that's a good shot also the vat of maggots and skulls the vat yes that was the, that was the worst part definitely that was cool that was jennifer the, the, connelly in a vat full of like well, you can see why she doesn't syrup. talk about this one in interviews very much how old was she when she made this 16 ish 16 Okay, that was cool. And what I took from it, at least the last half hour, was that it put it like a little different spin on Pam and Jason mm. and their relationship. Because in the first one, Pam is kind of, I guess, avenging her son, right after he drowns. And in this, in phenomena, the son is there, and right. the son is obviously something wrong with him physically and mentally because he's killing people with a spear and she's trying to protect him he's a good boy like it was almost like it's kind of king kongish too like she's she's bringing sacrifices to that child and like it, the man chained to the wall and then the vat full of body parts and like, mm, like i didn't see that what is yeah. it that she's doing she's trying to save her own hide by bringing like that's what i was thinking like is she sacrificing people to keep him happy so he doesn't turn on her like i i wasn't really sure what the guy chained to the wall was (laughs) so i'm just like i'm trying i don't know i don't know but it showed a relationship between what a relationship might have looked like between pam Voorhees and Mm. her son jason before he died before he died yeah i kind of got that and this this jason is actually a pretty good swimmer it turns out well, see, that's why I thought you had us watch it because there is a lot of imagery that is borrowed in the next movie that we watch. So, uh, like, I was getting very familiar visuals 
from the ending of this movie. I would say that the aesthetic of Phenomena, not just the ending, but definitely the ending, the aesthetic, generally, the, like the color palette of Phenomena informs what they're going to do with Tommy Jason. And I'm excited for George to get to watch it. So I'm glad you watched mm. it first, George, because you're going to see color usage. You know, part five is just green is all get out, like a, a sickly green that maybe a you know an amateur porn director might use if he were given the Friday the 13th <laughs> franchise for a minute. He was. Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah. Asking for a friend. So to recover <laughs> from that, you know, as a producer, you're probably looking around going, okay, what works? What is cool? What is edgy? What is the whirlpool of our time, right? If you're going to pull that trick again. And I think they looked right at Phenomena and went, well, those motherfuckers stole our formula. Well, we're stealing their aesthetic. And I think you're going to see that in part six tomorrow. Let's just watch it now. Let's just keep going. I'm excited for part six. Well, it's already tomorrow here. It is tomorrow. Well, there you go. What, you don't have to work tomorrow. Just call in. You've got a case of the Jasons. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little Voorhees. <laughs> I feel it. I'm very happy, George, that you figured out that she was the Mrs. Voorhees. Because I've shown that movie to people before, and they just don't catch it. They they get so flabbergasted by the visuals. The visuals, yeah. The, just the whole... Because the thing about Argento, when he gets off the rails, it's not about narrative. It's about feeling. It's about aesthetic. It's about visuals. It's about putting you in a nightmare that you may not have had yet, mm. but it feels like a nightmare. And Suspiria does that. Inferno has very little narrative to where it's 50-50 whether I show it to somebody and they love it more than anything they've ever seen before or they can't stand it because it's so slow because they're expecting character development and plot and instead they're just getting like overwhelmed with these awesome lightings and visuals and kills Mm -hmm. and so you just your mindset has to be such for this movie phenomena that some of it's not going to make sense but it's going to look cool the whole time and then you get to the end and the ending is cool and they he doubles down like the whole ending was about that that you know being captured and in uh you know basically in solitary confinement and no matter what she's doing, just like when she's when the uh, Pam character leaves the house, she flicks a switch, and every window in the house gets like this steel, you know, steel barrier that comes down. So you're just thinking like, oh shit! It's like the '89 like, Batmobile shield, just like shink. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, that's that's cool. And then the phone ends up going down the hole, and then you're like, and then as she goes down there, it's like the Alice in Wonderland going into the rabbit hole. Yes, sir. And then she ends she ends down. Like it's everything that continues is just more and more unexpected things, and then that pool. To, to me, that was the only thing that freaked me out because even the the creature boy was very seventies ish and not not well designed. I could I could see if that was done today, it would have been freakish. Mm. Oh God! But I just think, thinking of that I face th- with the CGI, like high quality mix yeah. of CGI and practical, that would be. Horrifying. It just wasn't realistic. Like to me, they it should have been more like you said. It's a mutation. I mean, we're talking about a movie where a chick talks to bugs, so with yeah, her mind, I mean, man. They, they, that stuff didn't even bother me. What bothered me was the <laughs> the chimp <laughs> at the very end, just hacking. That bothered me too. And I'm like, what is that? And then the dad, you know. Losing top hat, like just so. <laughs> like what? There's a shot where she's in the water, 
and she's kind of swimming toward camera. And if you detach yourself from the insanity you've just seen and you aren't worried about what's to come and you just focus on the, the imagery of her in the water swimming toward camera with fire, it is such beautiful. a beautiful shot. Yeah. It's one of his best shots of his entire career and he doesn't get a lot of credit for it because the movie is so bonkers. I think people just like either love it or hate it and leave it at that. But the way he puts together that shot and the time he took to set those reflections just right in the frame, I mean, to a moving target who's swimming through the... I mean, it's just, guys, that's like... That's some top-tier Argento imagery. Now, the movie itself doesn't hold a candle to Tenebrae. Someday I'm going to get you guys to watch that. And it's going to blow your minds, man. Dude, I'll watch that whenever you want me to. Yes! Like, doesn't need to be, like... (laughs) Don't even need to do an episode on it. Yeah, just George just wants to watch I'll it. I'll just watch it. I just like to say it. <laughs> Tenebrae. So naming my next kid Tenebrae. If you have that's your, your other, that's your other dog. Not that not that I listen to the theme song like daily on my Amazon Alexa, but you have to ask for Tenebra by Goblin okay. to get your Amazon mm, gotcha. Echo to play it. Gotcha. Tenebra by Goblin. Yo, how about the how about the music in uh Phenomena? It's pretty rocking. That, man. Was, you got a, that was different. Some heavy metal stuff. Yeah. And still was, some I goblin. guess that was Iron Maiden, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. like classic Iron Maiden. I thought that was a little out of place. I thought it was awesome. I think it would have been better if it was if it was a, explained. Like when she flicks that switch, maybe there's speakers that are facing downstairs as like a to oh, explain why she's just blaring heavy metal. I didn't, didn't think that there right. was actual heavy metal. I just thought that that's what's that going. Cool. That's what's going on in the killer's brain right, right. now. See, I, I would have been cool, almost like a Buffalo Bill captive in the basement, play loud music, which is actually done who's, in who's silence. Buffalo Bill, or she had play music really loud. No, I don't. So I don't. Technically, I don't know screaming. who Buffalo Bill is. You don't. Technically, season two. Season that's two. A, season I two. Seen. I haven't seen it. Season two. Oh. You already said you did. We'll have to edit that out. But you've already said you saw it, but we were going to watch it anyway. And talk no, about it. I said I've seen, I know of it. I haven't oh, okay. seen it. All right, cut all this out. It pulls the mask up from its chin or else it gets <laughs> the hose again. Gets the hose again. I haven't seen it. But yeah, that in in that movie, in many movies, they play that music. For like it's it's part of the movie. It's not just yeah. the soundtrack. So I think that would have been cool uh, to show her reacting to the music being loud. And because no one really wants to listen to Iron Maiden at sixteen years old, who's held captive. Like it's not like something she's gonna do. So I she should have been reacting. To I that just loud music. I just thought that that like that type of music playing while there's cool. a chase going on or like whatever's happening, which is like high intensity. It was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. The music matches the intensity of the scene. Yeah. Well, it's what you're describing, Travis, is uh, would be considered like diegetic music. That's the term. So you get diegetic music that's actually part of the setting. So if right. she were to go and turn up a stereo, it would be diegetic. But non-diegetic or super diegetic, however you want to put it, uh, refers to stuff that's like for the audience to understand, you know? Like a score in a movie. You don't like the Joker's kind of stuff. Yeah. Nobody is hearing that on source speakers. So it is right. non diegetic or super diegetic. 
But if the Joker were to walk in and like reach into his pocket and pull out his iPhone and then click off the button and the music stopped, you'd be like, right. oh, that was in the room the whole time. And right. people do that in movies. You'll see it thrown around where mm. you think it's score, but then it ends up actually it was in the room the whole time. Or they'll mix bits of score with music in the room and you, they interact just, you know, for the hell of it. It's a lot of just directors so showing like off. Type, type two diegetic. <laughs> <laughs> diegetic. Diegetic. I got the diegetic. <laughs> he has diegetus. I have this, this <laughs> diabetes. Diegetus. Diegetus. Yeah, this this movie I thought was type A diegetus, but it's type B. So good. <laughs> well, we'll talk about phenomena a little bit more after you've seen part six. All right. But there's one thing that it doesn't have any bearing on part six, so I just wanted to tell you guys this now because it's so amazing. And I don't know another filmmaker that does this. And if there are other ones, I want to know who they are and what they've made so I can watch their stuff too. Check this out. Did you notice how sparse and strange the actual setting of Phenomena was? Not a lot of folks. The only males mm. you see are old men or those two German soldiers. Uh-huh. It was taking place where? In Switzerland? Yeah. Or, yeah okay. So when he made this movie, to himself, he looked in the mirror and said, Dario... This movie's going to take place in an alternate history where the Germans won World War II and we're living in a post-fascist like middle Europe under the German Reich. Hmm. And so all the men of military age are in the military. All the women are separated and at their different schools, and all the old men are the only men around. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. What does that actually impact as far as the movie goes? Very, very little. Except mm -hmm. for the attitude and the aesthetic as the story unfolds. But you never have to know that to enjoy the movie or hate the movie. You know? Right. But it's a really interesting like little bit, of, little tidbit of where he's coming from when he writes that movie that explains why these little quirky things are the way they are. And it unites those quirky things into like one general idea. Even if you don't know what that idea is, all the pieces of this movie kind of fit together. There's not a point where you're just like, Oh wait, hold on. Billy just pulled up to the diner. Where'd this diner come from? I thought we were at Pinehurst, you know, yeah. that part five fails at that. But Phenomena succeeds at creating this cohesive universe, whether or not you understand what the universe is about or what's happening outside the walls of your movie. But mm -hmm. now knowing that, it all kind of fits. Yeah. Argento's the shit, man. So good. <laughs> Even when he's crazy. I was not thinking that when I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not the movie. But I don't to have start background. With. You've got right. to see Deep Red first. You've got to see Bird, and you got to see Tenebrae. And once you've seen those, and maybe Suspiria, you can start to piece together what this guy's up to, where he is strong, and then the stuff he falls short on. It's just like, yeah, but if he doesn't do the good stuff, like you got to do the good. Ah, oh, he's good. Argento is special. Mm, he gets a T-shirt. Oh man, if he'd wear my T-shirt, I would be like <laughs> so happy. All right, thanks for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @remedialfilmpod. You can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can even email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. 
We'll be back here soon with Friday the 13th Part 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. Uh, Just kidding. We'll see you back here soon. (laughs) 